Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode features the birth story of first-time mum, Regan. Being a young mother meant that Regan had little exposure to the physiology of childbirth, which motivated her to seek out education using any platform she could. She credits the invaluable knowledge she gained through a hypnobirthing course for building the trust and confidence within herself that she needed to manifest the positive birth experience she knew was possible. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Regan. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Do you want to just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Regan. Um, my partner, Brandon, and I, we're both 22 and we live in Perth, WA. We have a little boy, Lincoln, who's nearly four months old and he is just gorgeous. I'm obsessed. And was your pregnancy with him planned? No, so it was very unexpected, but a welcome surprise. <laughs> um, I don't usually track my cycle, so I wasn't really sure if I was late in my period. Um, I'd actually been having a few dreams um, that week prior that myself or some friends were pregnant, which was super weird. Crazy. Yeah, and then I started getting some cramping too. So I was like, oh, maybe my period's coming. I'll leave it. And then one morning I was like, no, I think I'm well overdue now. So I did a test and sure enough, it was positive. So that was quite a shock. But um, Had you been on the pill prior to this? Yeah. So that's why it was kind of hard. We were like, oh, I'm not sure when we conceived. Like if it was, um, I had been sick for a little bit. So I'm thinking maybe it was the antibiotics or yeah, we just can't pinpoint what happened or if that we were that what 1% that it didn't work for. Oh, okay. So you were actually on it when you conceived. Yeah. So I'm not a very good, like, 
you have to take it at the same time every day. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'm not very strict with that. But, yeah, yeah was on it. Wow. Yeah. So is um, it the antibiotics that could have potentially affected it? I think so, yeah. And if yeah. you're sick, like if, you're, if you've been vomiting, I know certain things like that can um, play into it. So who knows? I guess yeah. we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. So it truly was a big surprise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we found out, I think um, it turned out to be about six weeks. We went to the GP um, immediately that day because, as I said, we didn't know when we conceived. Um, so I just went to uh, just the GP down the road I'd never been to before because I was like, I need answers. <laughs> um, and she um, booked us in for a dating scan straight away. And so we went off to that and it was quite early on. And so we saw a little heartbeat, but it was quite low. Mm-hmm. And so the sonographer said, um, look, you're probably quite early on and it's only just started beating. I wouldn't worry about it. It's all good. Have a follow-up with your doctor. So she made us really um, assured that everything was all good. So that was lovely to see that. And then I went back to the doctor the following week and she was just straight out like, oh, you're probably going to miscarry. Mm. Um, just so blunt about it. She's like, heartbeat super low. Be prepared. Like, you'll miscarry. And I was just like, oh, my God, no bedside manner like straight in our faces and I was like oh well you know the sonographer gave us a lot of reassurance and so it was complete 180 but um she sent us again for a follow-up scan the next week and so obviously that whole week we were just sitting there like you know what's gonna happen like just fingers crossed really Mm -hmm. um yeah it was really um not a nice experience um anyway we went to the next dating scan and thankfully all was well um it was the heartbeat was all normal and he'd grown a little bit and so everything was on track and so that was a massive relief for us um yeah but from there we I decided to go back to my normal GP just because I was not really connecting with that lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah um but a few weeks after that I started having some spotting which was obviously really nerve-wracking I went to the doctor straight away and I was just like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Um, you know, obviously thinking the worst and um, they weren't really sure what was happening and they just had to kind of, we just had to wait it out. But it all turned out to be okay. I just had that for a couple of weeks um, and eventually it went away, thank goodness. Amazing. And how was your pregnancy with him? Yeah, I was actually really lucky. So after the first trimester, I kind of got over that um exhaustion and the nausea and the spotting had stopped and so from there it was really good my GP actually recommended me to an independent midwife which I actually didn't know was even a thing then but he was like we've got this um, midwife that comes in from Perth maternity it's all bulk build and basically you can get that continuity of care through her because um, yeah so that was so amazing and you know I think not a lot of GPs would you know, go to that length, especially if I had have stayed with the first um, doctor I was seeing. Um, yeah, so my local hospital is Jindalup Health Campus and they don't offer like a um, midwifery program or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I was super lucky that I um, got to see this independent midwife. So we had, you know, monthly checkups and then it got to weekly and then every couple of days toward the end of my pregnancy but that was just really nice to not have to you know re-explain yourself um, and just have that one-on-one experience what about in terms of your birth was there anything that you did in the lead up to get prepared 
well, I don't really have any mum friends or anything because I'm quite young. So, you know, um, yeah, I just, you know, from the moment I fell pregnant, I was listening to podcasts, doing reading, joining all the Facebook groups. Like I was just head into it all the time. Like, it, and I found that really um, helped me to, um, to learn a lot of things. And then at about 28 weeks, we did a hypnobirthing class with Renee at the birth space. Oh, amazing. And yeah, so that was super amazing, really informative. Um, you can't put a price on those classes. Honestly, it was so amazing. Yeah. We went to the first class and on the way there, my partner was like, oh, do we really have to do this? Like, do I want to spend my Sundays doing this? <laughs> and after the first recess, he was like, this is amazing. Like I'm learning so much. Mm. Yeah, it was super informative. And obviously, you know, it's about making informed decisions and that. So mm. I'm quite easygoing. I wanted to have an unmedicated birth but at the end of the day it'll be what it will be but I just felt so confident knowing you know all my choices and that um Brandon was um on the same page as me and then you know when the time came he could advocate for me so that really set us up well I think and I would recommend that to anyone for sure so should we jump to the end of your pregnancy and the first signs of labor starting yeah sure so from about 30 weeks or so he'd actually um flipped to transverse which I was like oh no like come on surely not so I just focused the next few weeks on doing spinning baby exercises as Mm. much as possible like constantly doing those and I think it was about 35 weeks I woke up one morning and I was like oh I feel a bit different and um yeah he had I had an appointment a couple days later and he'd finally moved back into the favorable position so I was like thank goodness for that (laughs) just in time which is completely normal but for those that don't know transverse is when baby goes sideways yeah yeah how weird does it feel when they're positioned in that way super freaky like I didn't really notice at first and then his kick started coming from all sorts of weird directions and I was like this is weird (laughs) and um you know my belly shape changed a little bit and then yeah my midwife confirmed that he was transverse and then um yeah, he flipped and it was just like a completely different baby. I was like, <laughs> is that your foot? What is that now? <laughs> yeah, and then from about 36 weeks, we were doing, um, you know, everything to bring on labour. I know, you know, everyone says first-time mums, you always go over. And I was like, I know that, but that's not me. I'm going to be early. <laughs> um, and so I was doing, you know, I had like the rough spree leaf capsules. I was doing antenatal expressing walking I was bouncing on the ball like I was going out of fashion mm-hmm. <laughs> um I had a couple of acupuncture appointments um towards the end there which I'm not sure if they helped but I found really relaxing anyway um and then I think it was about I was 30 just before 39 weeks I had my body show and I was like oh my god this is it like yes we're on here um and I'd been having a little bit of cramping, you know, a few days either side of that, but nothing really eventuated from that. So a few days later, I had another midwife appointment and, you know, I explained what had been going on. And at this point, I was just over it because I was like, expecting to go early. Um, and so she was like, do you want me to do a little check? And I was like, yep, let's do it. And she was like, you're so favorable. You know, oh, you've had all these um pre-labor signs you know it's going to happen in the next couple of days for sure like next time I see you you'll have a baby and I was like oh my god this is exciting can't wait so my partner and I we went home and we were just like buzzing like 
you know, this is it, it's countdown time and yet yeah, no baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, that was really frustrating. You know, she didn't do anything wrong, but we're just like, yes, baby's coming. And, mm. yeah, and then my partner and my mom, they were both like, oh, today's the day, today's the day, you feel anything. And by the end of it, I was like, no one asked me how I'm going, yeah. like, stop. <laughs> and everyone, you know, you get the, all the messages from everyone. And at first I was like, oh, not yet. But at the end I was just like, oh, so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we got to my due date and I had my 40-week appointment, but this one was actually at the hospital. And they were just like, okay, to due date, you're not um, – you know, nothing's happened, so we'll book you in for an induction next week. And I was like, it's my due date, like, relax. <laughs> um, but we um, – she just said, you know, I'm sure you won't have to come in for one, but we'll just have to book you in anyway. So that's fine. I was sure that I was going to do everything I could to get him out by then. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, she just did your normal checks, um, got the Doppler out, and she couldn't find the heartbeat. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel like my life just flashed before my eyes. Like, she was quite um, – you could kind of tell by the way she was going about it. She was like, oh, just give me a moment. And then she walked out to get a new machine. And my partner and I just looked at each other and I just burst into tears thinking, oh, my gosh, like, is everything okay? So that was super worrying. Um, but she came in with a new machine and all was well, thank goodness. Yeah. But that was just a really unpleasant five minutes. Mm, okay. um, um, yeah, so I just took it really easy. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, I just went home. We relaxed. I tried not to focus on doing any of the other things that I had been doing. Um, and then it got to the next day, which was Tuesday. So I was 40 plus one. And I decided to um, tidy the house completely. And I had a lovely three-hour nap during the day and then my partner came home we had some takeaway and we put on a nice Christmas movie because it was a couple weeks before Christmas and it was about 8 p.m and I just got this really big um like a really strong cramp and I was like oh my goodness is this it and it was you know I feel like a lot of people say it feels like period pain to start off with but for me I was like this is next level like this is not period pain like it was quite full on but in the same hand I was completely in denial like I couldn't sit down during them straight away so they were really intense but my partner was like okay should we call your mum because my mum was going to be my birth partner as well as my partner and he said you know should we call your mum let her know and I was like no 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 this might not be it you know could be Braxton Higgs. He's like, are you sure? So we got to like 10 o'clock and I'd been having them for a while now. He's like, I'm calling her like, this is happening. <laughs> Don't be silly. And I was like, okay. And so my partner had been at work that day. And so he just had a little lie down on the couch for a couple hours. And I was like, just let me do my thing. So I just walked around the house, had a couple of showers. And then they started really picking up and I woke Brandon up and I was like, I need your help now. And so we just basically um, potted around at home. I had a TENS machine that I'd hired and I tried that a couple of times, but I was not a fan at all. Like I think just having them on 
like the pads on me and, you know, having to control it. It was just taking me out of that zone and there was something else to focus on that, you know, which is what a lot of people like it for. It kind of, I just didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I give it a couple of goes, but we decided not to use that. Um, and so I was just on the ball for the majority, hopping in and out of the showers. Um, I had my birth playlist on um, and I would just like lean over the bed and just go through the motions and you know I really believe that hypnobirthing helped me so much during my birth Um, you really kind of in that zone and in your subconscious just getting through it Mm -hmm. Uh, so that progressed and the time went by so fast for me like obviously it was quite a while like I tried not to look at the clock a lot we were still counting my contractions on the timer but I was trying not to focus on the clock we called the hospital and they said, you know, come in when your contractions are, I think it's three every 10 minutes, lasting for a minute, for an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we were slowly getting close to that number, but we got to about, um, they were about four minutes apart. So it didn't quite fit the criteria for them to come in, but I felt a shift and I was like, no, just call them back tell them that they're every three minutes apart mm-hmm. we need to go in like something just feels different like I, I'd like to go in and get settled and you know obviously you've got the car ride yeah. and how far away was the hospital from you guys um about 15 20 minutes okay yeah so not too so far. it's not yeah not too bad and um you know with the hypnobirthing um class Renee gave us all eye masks and you know oh, um cool. headphones and so she was like on your way to the hospital, put your eye mask on so that you stay in your zone, you know, you're not panicked by your partner's driving. Like, it was amazing. It was really good. It was um, 4 a.m. in the morning, so it was still dark anyway, but I really liked that. So I just sat in the back, towel down, and surprisingly I didn't find it too hard. Like, I was quite anxious for the car ride, but I didn't find it too difficult. I was just leaning on the side trying to get through it. Um, so yeah, by this stage, so we, I started contractions at eight o'clock and then we left for the hospital about 4.30 in the morning. Um, and then we arrived and, um, I got assessed and originally on my birth plan, I said that I didn't want to have, um, any internals, but at this stage I was just like, let's see where we're at. I don't want to be, um, you know, obviously to see if I need to get admitted, um, they need to check you and all that. So I got checked and, I was also nervous for that because I was like, if I'm not far along, you know, I've already done this for quite a lot yeah. of time and I'm quite exhausted now. So I, hope, I was really hoping that, you know, we were at least somewhere. And she was like, you're seven centimetres. This is great. Amazing. And I was oh, thank goodness. So that really gave me that little bit of extra um, oomph to be like, oh, okay, I can do this. I'm doing this. Yeah. So we got into our room. We set it all up really nicely it was still quite dark um we turned the music on which I think really helped me too um my poor birth partner though didn't have many songs on there so they listening to the same songs over and over (laughs) and over again but I'd only tune in every now and then so I think I only heard one song once Yeah. yeah so again I um was just in the shower at this point I couldn't um use the ball the pressure the pressure was just way too much so I was just leaning over the bed and I was exhausted by this point. It was, we're coming up to 12 hours and 
you know, at this point I couldn't sit down. So I was on my feet and my legs and my arms just started feeling like jelly. And I was just like, oh, how much longer? But still really, really in that zone. Um, Do they have birth pools there? No, they don't. So I kind of, I didn't quite know if they did or not. I know they had some baths, but I didn't think that they let you birth in the water there. Um which I did have on my birth plan that I would like to, but it's not a deal breaker for me. So, um, and again, when I was in that state, I was just like, you know, whatever will be, will be like the lady, my midwife was like, um, you can't use the birth pool. Unfortunately, we don't have them here. And I was totally fine with that in the moment. Was there anything you were doing to sort of deal with the intensity of the surges? Um, I just was leaning over the bed. So one thing that really, really helped me is my mum and Brandon were doing acupressure on me. So Brandon would go from the other side of the bed and lean down, push on my shoulders, and then mum would apply pressure to my lower back. And that was amazing. Like that's what got me through, I think. It was, um, yeah, it just completely took away that intensity. It was still, yeah, it was still really intense, but... It really helped for sure. Yeah. Um, and then about nine o'clock, the midwife came in and I was like, I need some pain relief. Like I've, I've gotten to my edge. I'm like, I need pain relief. What can you give me? And she was like, I think you might be in transition. There's nothing we can give you. You're almost there. You can do it. And so she was really lovely. Um, I forgot to mention when I gave them my birth plan, they said they hadn't really seen a lot of hypnobirthing before, but they would do the best they could to accommodate what I wanted. And, yeah, and um, the midwife that I had, she was super lovely. Like she would speak to Brandon first before me and if she did need to ask me anything, she would just really calmly whisper and she, I just didn't even know that she was in the room. Like it was really lovely. Yeah, so that was good. Um so she said that I might be in transition and she did another check and she was like, yep, you're nine centimetres. Um, you're nearly there. You can try the gas if you want. So I tried that, but I only had one or two puffs, but you've got to have it for a little while and um, suck on it quite intensely, I think, for it to work. And it didn't work. And it was, again, it was like the TENS machine. Just having something else like that to focus on just took me out of the zone. And I was like, no, I don't want it. So... Um, yeah, I just continued on. They were getting really intense by this stage. I um, was on my hands and knees by this point on the floor, just like swaying my hips and trying to get through. And then I went to the bathroom. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. So I went to the bathroom and did a little wee, and then my water's broke on the toilet. So Amazing. that was very fortunate. Not much came out, I don't think, but I was kind of, because I was in the zone, when that happened, it kind of brought me out and I was like, oh, my gosh, what was that? Like, is everything okay? I was like, Brandon, what's happening? It's okay. Water just broke. I was like, oh, my God, can you have a look at it? Is it okay? Like, is there meconium? And he's like, no, all that's good. And the midwife came in and I was like, oh, I can finally sit down without having that pressure. And I was like, oh, this is so comfortable. I just want to stay here. And she was like, uh-uh you got to get off the toilet or you're going to have your baby. <laughs> so I was like, please just let me sit here for five minutes. And she was like, you've got to get up, unfortunately. So I got up and I decided to go onto the bed then because I'd started getting quite a lot of pressure. And I was like, I feel like um, just getting comfortable. So I got up on the bed and then I 
um, felt the urge to push. So I was on my hands, uh, sorry, on my knees, leaning over the back of the bed and, um, yeah, just started pushing. And by this stage I was just, I had nothing left in me that um, I was falling asleep in between contractions. So I put my head down on the top of the bed and just completely pass out. Mm. Um, yeah, because I feel before then, you know, you have your contractions or your waves and it builds up in intensity, but it's still, even when I wasn't having a contraction, I still felt like there were, it was still kind of happening. Whereas when I got to this stage, when the contraction and the urge to push died down, I felt fine. So I kind of, that's why I kind of drifted off in between then. And so I got a little bit of time for a break, which was good. Um, and again, my partner and my mum were doing acupressure, which was really, really big help. Um, we'd all have a little rest in between and then I would start moaning and lift my head up and they're like, oh, it's go time again. Yeah. Yeah, so it was quite weird. Like at first, like I was pushing, but I wasn't, obviously I'd never done this before and I was like, am I doing it right? Like I was just doing as much as I can um, and we got to, um, like his head was starting to crown, but I could feel him go back up every time I would stop pushing and I could feel that and I was just like, oh, this is so frustrating and then the midwives were like, um, you need to try and hold it when you get to that spot instead of, you know, letting, letting him go back up. And so once they said that to me, I kind of was conscious of it and I kind of held it while he was there. And so um, that made a really big difference and I um, pretty much gave it my all from there. Like it kind of shifted me and I realised before that maybe I wasn't putting my all into it and that we were really making progress now. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I was pushing for about an hour and then um, I didn't actually know this had happened until afterwards my partner brought it to my attention. But um, the second midwife came in because he was um, nearly here and she said to my midwife that was with us the whole time, oh, now would be the, the time for an episiotomy. Mm. And my the midwife that was in there obviously she'd read my birth plan and she was like no no she doesn't want that like let's just see how it goes and I'm so thankful that I did not hear that at the time because that kind of just completely pulled me back and like set me back I think um but again you know I'm glad that my midwife stepped in and they were they were really quiet about it so I guess you know that's good but five minutes later you know he was here so it just goes to show that you know, it doesn't, you don't always need intervention and yeah, I'm really, and my partner as well, he was listening to them and he was kind of ready to step in if my midwife hadn't. Um, so that was good, but yeah, it just startled me when he said that. I was like, really? Like, yeah, so unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So he, he arrived at 10.39. So I think all up was about 14 hours, but I don't know what you would count as active labor Mm -hmm. um I had a second degree tear Mm -hmm. and I actually felt that happening um as soon as I was kind of like did I tear I felt something really intense like I'm sure that I I'm sure that's what that was Um, and yeah so we had requested on the birth plan to do um skin to skin for as long as possible um and you know when you're all caught up with your baby in your chest you don't realize 
I feel what's going on around you. And so yeah. looked back and yeah, we were they left him on me for two hours, oh, nice. which was lovely. Yeah. And um, we did delayed cord clamping, so that was about five minutes. Um, obviously, they came in to stitch me up, um, which was extremely painful. And you know, you're out of that zone now, so you're fully aware of mm. the pain and what's going on. And um, yeah, so we just got that done. And you know, you've got your baby on your chest, and um, you've got all this adrenaline, and they're stitching you up, and it's so painful. And so they gave me the gas, and I tried that, and that, and that properly worked this time. And that was just completely weird and I was like this is weird I don't like it yeah. <laughs> um and you're having everything else going on at the same time it was just a lot yeah. um but yeah so um dad cut the cord and um while we were while I was being stitched up as well um he did a little breast call, crawl which was mm, lovely yeah it was quite funny like um he was on my stomach and his head was kind of to the left, so he tried crawling up um, to the left to do it um, there, but he wasn't quite getting the hang of it. So the um, midwife kind of just placed him a little differently and he crawled up to my right boob mm. and he managed to latch on um, really well and that was so lovely. And it turned out um, my breastfeeding journey after that, we had always kind of had trouble with the left, which was quite weird. Like oh, he knew okay. straight away like, I don't think I like that side. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was really lovely, um, a really empowering experience. Like I got to the end and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it because, you know, I told a few people around me that I would love to try and do it naturally um, without any pain relief. And a couple of people were like, oh, you know, good luck with that kind of thing. And mm. that kind of um, – upset me a little bit but once I'd done it I was like yes you know I did it I'm really proud of myself Mm -hmm. um what about your placenta how was that experience yeah so um I was hoping to have a physiological third stage but again at this point there was so much going on and I found the cramping afterwards super super intense and I was just kind of like look give me the injection I just want to get this over and done with and um that was a really weird experience in itself. Um, I found that really, it just felt really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we had that. And then I asked to look, I was like, oh, could I have a look at it? And she just was like, yep, no worries. I'll just go take it away for a sec and do the checks or whatever it is that they do. And then uh, she came back with it and I was actually getting stitched up at this point and I was having the gas. And so I was kind of out of it that, I think I looked at it. I'm not sure, but I don't remember seeing it at all, which I'm quite disappointed about. Oh, but okay. um, it is what it is. My partner said he looked at it and he was just like, that's so weird. <laughs> but he thought it was quite cool. Um, yeah, so I'm disappointed I didn't get to see that, but that's okay. Um, it's quite funny. We um, we left the birth suites about, yeah, two and a half hours after I'd given birth, obviously, and I was walking down the hallway and um, – my friend popped her head out and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so she was due um, two weeks after me and turns out she had her little boy the day before. So that was super, super lovely to see oh, her there. Oh, wonderful. And 
um, yeah, so that was lovely. And now they're little friends one day apart. (laughs) But, yeah, it was so lovely to see her. We were just two rooms down and saw the little baby. Yes, that was lovely. How was your postpartum? Yeah, so really good. Um, He was slightly jaundice which we didn't know straight away um he just started he had a few like he was just a little bit jittery and I kept bringing it up to the midwives and I'm like oh no it's okay like he seems fine and it just kept happening and I was like I don't want to go home if he's like this it just doesn't seem right and so we saw the pediatrician he's like we just run a couple of tests see um what's going on and he was just slightly jaundiced so he didn't have to go under the lights or anything but we just basically had to keep him by the window when we got home um and yeah he was fine after that but um yeah no I feel like my um recovery was quite good um my milk came in so we stayed at the hospital for two days and we went home on my birthday and um yeah my milk came in um which my boobs were so engorged oh my goodness this is crazy (laughs) yeah and um, I was having – I'm really glad that I stayed at the hospital for those two days too, um, you know, just to get that extra little bit of guidance and help. And they really helped me with breastfeeding too. I was having a little bit of trouble with the left side um, and, you know, they'd come in and help and get him to latch. But when I was on my own, I just wasn't able to manage it. Um, and we got home and I remembered that I had bought some nipple shields and I was like, look, I'm just going to try and see if that helps and it made the world of difference so I'm so glad I had them there and ready yeah. um, and then after a couple of weeks I just um, tried feeding without them and we eventually got the hang of it which was really good um, and he his next checkup his jaundice was all fine which was good and I I feel like when we were putting him by the window that he was like a little plant and I'm like yeah. put him in the sunlight to grow <laughs> get better <laughs> um but I feel like that really helped um, him differentiate as well between night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been really good at, um, with that. So, um, yeah, unfortunately my breastfeeding journey had to come to an end. So I developed a, um, like I thought it started out as a block duct, but um, I was not able to massage it out or anything like that. And it started to get really, really painful. So I got some antibiotics, which didn't help and, um, I ended up in hospital with an abscess and then mastitis and then resistant folding staff and it was just this whole big ordeal and I was in hospital for a week and because mm-hmm. it was resistant to most of these antibiotics, the ones that ended up helping unfortunately weren't safe for breastfeeding um, and because I was in there for quite some time and I hadn't, I didn't have a stash or anything so... Um, my breastfeeding journey unfortunately came to an end and that was quite a hard um, time for me and you know I was away from him for a little bit because I was just not really in the best state to look after him there and I came home and I just felt like does he still know who I am like do we have this connection so that was really hard but um, we're all good now he's um, we're both really good and healthy and yeah it's just been such an amazing experience amazing you've done a fantastic job so being so young one would only assume you'll go back for more babies yes yes would love to is there anything that you would do differently with your next experience yeah I think I might maybe next time look into the birth center it did cross my mind this time but um the four to six hour discharge rule kind of 
I wasn't too sure if I would be up for that being a first time mom. And I'm glad that I did go to the regular hospital because I really valued that time there. But now that, you know, I feel a little bit more confident and um, obviously the values that I have line up a little bit more with um, the birth centre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to try that out if, if I can. Um, but apart from that, I'm really lucky and happy with how my experience went you know it was so empowering and I just you know I wish everyone could have the experience that I did you know yeah, definitely. but also you know people to have the education and the knowledge too that's a massive tool it's yeah. really really important you know it made the world of difference I think to how everything panned out yeah what was the reception like amongst your friends when you told them that you had this drug-free completely natural birth yeah they were all like oh god well done you did it like yeah yeah, it was really good and you know I say to them listen to these podcasts if you get pregnant if you're having a baby two hypnobirthing one 100 percent like I'm such an advocate for it now (laughs) everyone needs to know about it well you've kind of already answered this question but I'll ask it anyway what is your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there Yes, definitely the hypnobirthing, but also, and you know, this goes hand in hand, but just having a really supportive um, birth partner that made the world of difference for me as well. Yeah, yeah. Amazing journey. Thank you so much, Regan, for coming on today and sharing it with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Such an inspiring story to hear, especially being so young. Often you hear of young women being quite vulnerable and unable to advocate for themselves within the system. So it's always really refreshing and beautiful to hear of not only a young mother who took the steps needed to get educated about birth, but a midwife who respected and supported her the way that she needed to be. That is so incredibly powerful and had such a massive impact on her outcome. I also really wanted to quickly touch on the act of bringing on labor, you guys. (laughs) This is something so many of us have done. And I just wanted to quickly share my thoughts on this because I think it's such a crucial element that can affect your mental health in that last leg of your pregnancy. There really isn't enough evidence out there to support anything actually kicking off your labor. It's extremely difficult to gauge whether something has worked or if you were just simply ready to give birth. I speak from experience because this is something I did for both of my pregnancies, so I cast no judgment on any mother that does this. I get it. But I genuinely believe that for both of my pregnancies, it was my downfall because it really, really affected my mental health when all of these tricks and old wives' tales that I was, you know, implementing didn't work. Any first-time mamas listening, I just want to remind you that your baby will come when your baby is ready. Mentally, you really need to tell yourself 42 weeks and anything before that is a bonus because every human gestates differently and I truly believe from all the research I've done, from my own two personal experiences and from all the experiences I've been exposed to, that the chances of you bringing on early labor by doing all the tricks is too low to then potentially risk your mental health declining some great ways to distract yourself and naturally help baby come down is to go for lots of beautiful walks if you can drive out into nature a forest a beach have a dip in the ocean do some reading in the sun on a comfy chair whatever brings you joy and keeps you calm you've got this i hope you all enjoyed today's episode let me know what you think over on the pba instagram and i'll see you all next week for another episode of positive birth australia